All right, I'm doing the intro. It's gonna be weird. Uh, welcome to Like a Bigfoot podcast. This is I'm so self conscious because you're sitting right here. But yeah, go away, turn around. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, welcome to Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host Chris Ford. Uh, I'm here today doing the intro live from my back porch. It's not fancy whatsoever, but I'm here with fellow science teacher, one of my best friends. Uh, Chris Cornejo coming back on the podcast. So thank you, man. Thanks for joining us and welcome. Thank, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I told him that part was going to be weird. The intro part. It's all good. Though. It's, you, always, it's always weird sometimes. It is weird. And then the other weird part is when we finish the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, see you later, man. And then I just hit stop and we're just looking yeah, at each yeah. other. And I'll see you in a few hours. And yeah. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, welcome back to the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me um, back. I'm excited. So basically the way I kind of wanted to, first of all, I wanted to plan. <laughs> I wanted to plan out like some topics to talk about. Yeah. And then all day long, you and I have both been teaching about birth. Yeah, and pregnancy, yep. and that the miracle of and life. How to prevent that? Actually, <laughs> and so how to prevent that's, that? That's really important too for yeah. our age kids. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man, I didn't. I ran out of time. So this is an unplanned. Yeah, I can see you got a big podcast. List there. It looks pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, the list. <laughs> I have a blank notebook. of a blank notebook, and it just says Cornejo yeah. at the top. Some but the, I figured some of the best things are born out of nothing. Yeah, you're gonna say some smart stuff, and I'm gonna write that was it down. Good, wasn't it? That was good. Let me hold on. Let me write that, uh, and then we'll be good. I but probably stole that from somebody. Yeah, it's probably not that original thought. Probably not. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. So um, I spent months and months and months trying to peer pressure you into signing up for your second ever 50k. Yeah, you did, and it finally worked. It did. So yeah, talk about I just. I want to hear all about the race for you, but I also kind of want to dive into a bunch of different things. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So the process of that, like, yeah, you did. You, and the thing that you did is you gave me enough time to kind of be like, okay, you should sign up for this and train for it. Mm. So then I was contemplating that. I was like, yeah, I should do this because, you know, I haven't really done anything super big. I've done like little races, but nothing super big since, you know, the injury. Oh, yeah. From the basketball. Oh, game. did we even talk about that? We probably didn't talk about that. No, we did probably we? didn't talk about that very much. It's actually been longer than I thought it was, which is kind of crazy. A few years now. All right, so we gotta happened. go back in time and paint yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris ran his first 50k. We did a podcast about it. Yep. That was the Bear Creek. I can't remember what it's called. Bear Chase. Bear Chase. Yeah, around Bear Creek, and then we had a very highly competitive staff versus student basketball game. Yep. And. Can't yeah. hold back. <laughs> you got to play. You got to take on the middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. So what happened in that? So uh, obviously, you know, being at the time, you know, mid forties, I'm like, hey, you know, I got to show these 13, 14 year olds that I could still hang. So I'm like, let's do this. And you know, when you start playing the game, it's hard to hold back. So we're just playing, playing the game. I actually, was having a pretty solid outing in the, you know, in the beginning, is making some shots. Yeah. I think, yeah, I felt we get good all about t- it. we get competitive. Remember, like the second year ever. Me and you were practicing alley oops yeah, yeah, like yeah, beforehand, yeah. and we're like, we're gonna oop it. <laughs> and then during the game, we actually got to like, yeah, yeah. Did, did we actually pull it off? We pulled it okay, off, nice. but it was against sixth graders, yeah, it was who are yeah. like three feet tall, three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I just went up for a rebound during the seventh grade game, and I came down, and I thought someone had fallen on my foot, the back of my foot, and I got up, and there was nobody there. And then I just immediately got up, I was like, something ain't right here, yeah. 
So then, yeah. You went back to the... I walked to the clinic, and, you know, no no offense to, like, professional athletes, but, like, you could get up after that happened. Come on. <laughs> so you tore your Achilles. Yeah, I was waiting for my cart, but my cart never came to, to wheel me down to the clinic. So I got down there, and then I was just sitting there. I was just like, oh. Would that have been worse, like, getting wheeled out in front of all of the middle school kids and I think the that'd staff? that'd be cool. Because <laughs> what happened, from my perspective, was we were just playing basketball, and then all of a sudden someone's like, Cornejo got injured like 10 minutes yeah. ago. And I was like, what? And so I went into the clinic and you were laying there with your foot up. And I looked at your calf because everyone does. I've, I've known a couple of people who have tore their Achilles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, it balls up because the calf is stretched and yep. then it's not stretched anymore. So it balls up under your knee. Yeah. And I looked at your, your calf and I, it wasn't like that. And I remember thinking and saying to you, at least you didn't tear your Achilles. Yeah, and I remember you saying that too. And I remember like, oh yeah, okay. I, I knew something was hurt pretty bad, but I knew that it didn't seem like that was the the full case. Yeah. So then you know, I drove. I was my right foot, and I still drove to the doctor. So I was like, I should just go to the doctor and get it checked out. So I drove to the doctor, and I got to to the doctor, to the Kaiser, to my doctor, and then I called the office and like, you can't go there. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, oh what? I couldn't go there because it was a workers' comp thing. Oh. So I talked to this. I, th- I think it was Bobby at the time still. So I talked to her. And she's like, you got to go to the workers' comp doctor for the district. So I had to drive back across town to <laughs> with, go to the, the <laughs> to the workers' comp doctor. <laughs> and then I got there and they let me in right away. And then um, they're like, yeah, this is it. Good. <laughs> so then I got there. I was like, okay. But it was the thing that was a bummer. It was the, Thursday, it was the Friday before Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving week for us is always that big ski snowboard weekend up in the mountains. Yeah. So then I was just like, all right. And so I talked to Carrie and I was like, why don't you just drive up there with the kids? I'll meet you up there. So then um, gave me a boot and I was just like, could I drive? He's just like. Your Achilles was hanging on by a thread. drive, I guess. Right? It was like a thread. Yeah. So then we got up there and then it was kind of a bummer the first few days because, you know, we were up there. And everybody's skiing, and so I'm just sitting in the lodge, and I'm just like, you know, I'd start off in the morning just drinking a bunch of coffee, and then as the afternoon came, like, you know, the kids and Carrie would check in, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's time to switch to drinking beers. <laughs> so I would just sit there with ice, and then uh, I finally got an appointment. It was kind of cool because I got to go to the Stedman Clinic over there in Vail yeah, because they get my MRI done, and then I got there, and the guy's like, oof. Yeah, he's like, you probably have, like, a few fibers still holding this thing together. So that whole time there was a danger, like the wind could have blown in like a weird way probably. and it could have just snapped. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have been driving through the mountains yeah, with that not. thing. So then, yeah, so then ended up driving back home because I needed to get, we had two cars up there and I ended up using the cruise control to slow down and speed up uh, to get back home. So I got home and then after that it was just like, you're done. Went to the doctor and he saw like the MRI, just like, yeah, uh, can you come in tomorrow? for surgery so then surgery the next day and then obviously i wasn't in school for like a month after yeah. that and then uh yeah, obviously man. recovery happened was going great and then COVID happened. <laughs> COVID happened you're out so, of school again yeah no so it was a bummer well same thing with pt too so pt mm. was going awesome and then in march of then it was like hey we gotta take a break and then yeah. i didn't get to go back until july yeah so how um, did you handle it because you're such an active person uh it was kind of a super it was a bummer and you know um the beginning was kind of like, hey, I get to just watch TV and do stuff. Um, That's cool for like a home. day. It was cool for like a day. <laughs> and then uh, 
Yeah, so then I started trying to just do like, you know, I'd go down to the basement and I'd be like, I had this great big list of plans of things that I was going to do Yeah. when I was hurt. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn to play acts even better than I can play now. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to start painting and drawing again. And yeah, that didn't really happen. I'm going to read a bunch of books. I read some books, obviously, but uh, the, the grand plans never really happened. But I did go down and I would do like, you know, some upper body stuff that I could. Yeah. And then the eye walk. 2.0 saved my life. That's the thing that turned instead of having a little cart, it was like the peg leg thing. Yeah. So you're able to walk around and still have your hands free. Okay. So uh, that thing was pretty Cause awesome. Because there's like the weird scooter thing. Yeah, I never did that. I was like, I can't do this. The scooter thing would be and weird. And then crutches were just obviously not fun. So anybody out there that has ankle injuries, yeah. like I walk 2.0, I think they upgraded to 3.0 now because my neighbor got that. They did it this summer. Yeah. And, uh, is highly recommended for anybody that's active that doesn't want to. I remember you looked up, like, who gets common Achilles injuries? Yeah. And, and uh, it was basically you. Yeah. yeah they yeah. had a picture of you on the website. Yeah, you're in that. You're in that. You're I know. That, you're it's scary. That, you're in that state. Because it was like. 35 to 45. Weekend Warriors. Weekend. Didn't it say that? Like, playing pickup Playing pickup soccer and basketball were yeah. the two big ones. <sighs> so. I'm 100%. We're going to mark this down right now in this <laughs> podcast. Like one hundred percent, I'm tearing my Achilles. Yeah, at well, some you point. were talking about it, like, like, and this one started probably, and I didn't know, like, I probably like six years before I got some tendinosis in it or tendon, yeah, yeah, and then I did some PT for that, and then I thought it was fine. Yeah, obviously not. But yeah. you can't predict those things. Yeah, man, you, know? you can't. And you recovered, and you ran a fifty k. I ran fifty k. That we'll get to. Yeah. At yeah. some point, but right now I want to hear a couple things. I want to hear, I think last time we talked about like your career in running, uh-huh. but I just want to hear like young Cornejo. Yeah. What was young Cornejo like? Like growing up in Connecticut, you're surrounded by like professional wrestlers <laughs> at the grocery store and stuff. Yeah, the WWF, WWF at the time, WWE now, based out of Connecticut. Yeah. So, uh, I'm an old man, getting to be old man. So it was like the 80s and, you know, WWF getting started out of Hartford lived in you know outside new haven so we some of those guys lived in town you know so i ran into like you know i'd run into like the samoans and mr fuji were you afraid mr fuji was gonna like get sand out of his pocket and throw it in your eyes yeah the, the story i remember though is i remember being a kid and my mom we ran into him at the supermarket and my mom will talk to anybody so she goes up to mr fuji she's like this is my son chris he's a big fan i'm like no i'm not he's a bad guy <laughs> i said that to mr fuji's face and he just started laughing <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared of you, Mr. Fuji. Yeah, it's just a character. I'm a really nice guy. I'm really nice. Yeah. Throw sand in yeah. your ass. And then later on, you know, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson lived in town. He, you know, part of his book, he, he mentions Hamden Middle School. And that's where you went to middle school. That's where he, I didn't go to middle school there, but that's where I went to Catholic middle school. You were like their rivals? Ah, I Do you think rivals. you ever crossed paths with the rock well, we've, I, we've me and you have yeah, talked I've about this story hours about, and like, hours how he mentions like one of like my friends that i played baseball with that grew up around the block for me yeah uh randy ellis shout out randy ellis if you're hearing this by the way uh <laughs> been a long time um but like yeah he actually posted like one of my buddies sent me a picture of him and he said that like yo i have him with this friend from childhood that's pretty famous and pretty, that's an understatement yeah he or the highest paid actor in hollywood during <laughs> the rock johnson um, so maybe, maybe K. Like we like to joke that he might have come to one of my baseball games in middle school. That was our joke, and that you gave him all of his catchphrases, but like unintentionally. Yeah. Like you were cooking stuff, yeah. and he was like, "Does someone smell what's cooking?" Yeah. Who's and cooking that? you like ended up accidentally giving the Rock all of his yeah, catchphrases. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm really you, cooking when I'm running those base pads. You turned to Wait, him as you were awesome. as you hit a home run. You were like looking at him and you called him a jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into the catcher to make it home and I dropped an elbow. On him. Yeah, and he just he took it. He's like, oh, I've taken it's all like, this stuff. It's like the people's elbow. Yeah, he's like that was an elbow from a yeah, person, yeah, yeah. a person's elbow. You know, be a cool tattoo like a bull. <laughs> yeah, look at that guy. He's like, yeah. look at that guy rounding yeah. rounding home. Hey, rock nothing but nothing but respect. Yeah, friend. man. No, you he stole all your stuff. Stuff. He owes you like <laughs> half of his money. Um, but yeah, man, I want to hear like what was some like formative experiences growing up? Like, I don't know. We've talked before, but I don't know if we've ever talked like tiny little Cornejo. Nah, I think it, my childhood was pretty solid. Like, it was pretty classic, like suburban growing up, obviously. But, you know, um, it was a little bit different, obviously, too, because, you know, back then, you know, um, I don't want to get into the whole race thing because I'm not, you know, I don't like to recognize those being like, you know, barriers or anything like that. Yeah. Like, hey, I just like to see everybody being yeah. people. Um, but, you know, grew up there, like, you know, big Filipino American community that my parents were a part of. And then, you know, just, you know, my neighborhood, I loved my neighborhood growing up. My neighborhood was the best growing up. Like, yeah. you know, just a bunch of people, like friends running around and we had the best time ever, like full three block full, like games of hide and seek and yeah. all that kind of stuff so i'd say it's pretty stereotypical like suburban like you know almost almost like a just like a classic like dream almost like childhood like suburban growing up kind of thing yeah it's pretty cool so you like watch et and stuff watch and you're ET, like you're like TV. this is oh isn't isn't that in the suburbs and stuff like kind of yeah but <laughs> in california right I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to 80s movies later if you have time. Oh, we're uh, definitely into 80s <laughs> movies for but sure. But it was great. I loved it, you know, like, and it was it was awesome. And, like, we, you know, played, you know, I was telling you I just bought a new wiffle ball bat because, you know, Scarlett's into wiffle ball, like, into baseball. And I'm like, dude, I love playing wiffle ball. Yeah. So uh, kind of rekindling some of the. Was that your first sport? Were you, like, a baseball guy? Uh, baseball was kind of probably my biggest thing growing up, baseball. And, you know, I played some football. Um and things like that. But baseball was my primary sport growing up. Yeah. And then when high school came around, that's when I kind of wanted to do some different stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of baseball. Yeah. Didn't really want to play football anymore. So then that's when I just started running cross country. And then after that, just kind of like stuck. Yeah, hooked. What made you yeah. want to be a teacher? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to embarrass you right now because what happened was last year, I, oh. I go for a trail run. He knows exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say. <laughs> I go for a trail run every wednesday with a couple people like tim Barr and our friend joel but for a while like especially now during the summer like other random like people i don't know they join us and stuff yeah and i'm talking to this guy and he's telling me you know we're just talking about being i'm a teacher he's like well my daughter's about to become a teacher and then i'm like no way and i'm like i work at the middle school i work at and i work with cornejo this guy named cornejo and he goes oh my god my daughter had him in her his or in her sixth grade science class. And then he texted me that night and was like, I just talked to my daughter. Cornejo's the reason <laughs> she's becoming a teacher. I was like, no way, dude. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool coming from, like, you know, obviously, like, you know, I just do what I do just because He hates awesome. compliments. Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty cool, actually, to come full circle, like, you know, like, you know, like teaching with, like, you know, Gabby and stuff, like, so. Cornejo's at the age where his old students are now teaching with him. Yeah, and like, you know, Dylan was in my club when I was teaching, and he was back in the day, too, which was cool. So we threw Frisbee together and stuff back then, too. Um, 
But it was kind of a crazy route. Like, I actually did If you asked me when I was a kid if I was going to be a teacher, I was never one of those things where I'm like, hey, I'll be a teacher, you know? But, yeah. Uh, I kind of just fell into it. I was one of those classic kids that lo- – I loved science. Um, you know, f- you know, from our career day, like, when I was a little, little kid, I wanted to be a vet. So science was always kind of one of my things. I always loved being outside in nature and stuff, too. But uh, I was one of those classic kids that graduated from high school, and everybody told them in their high school, like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. I'm like <laughs> – yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> so I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was one of those kids that, you know, went to college. and was like, yeah, I'll start off with like a pre-med thing. And uh-huh. Took a bunch of stuff and I realized it's like, I don't know if I want to really work that hard to be a doctor. Yeah. Props to all you doctors. Yeah. Um, but I kind of fell into the whole thing because I did minor in education. And then when I was done with college, I got like a job teaching at the Children's Museum in Boston. And I was just like, this is pretty rad. Yeah. It was fun teaching like like those kids with the field trips that would come and then i actually was applying to grad school at the same time to eventually get like a master's and a phd in paleontology because i wanted to eventually teach college i thought yeah so i did i guess i guess i did kind of want to teach um but i was going to teach paleontology but then i kind of fell in love working with the kids yeah so then after that i kind of scrapped those grad school um applications and then just went out and got my full license and stuff from there and then haven't looked back ever since then really yeah and you know just kind of ironic that we had our like evaluation talks with our assistant principal today i got a job still which is awesome yeah we kept our jobs uh, (laughs) but the cool thing is like you know you talk to him like i don't think i'd really want to do anything else like right now like i still after you know 22 years in the classroom and 25 years of really working with kids like it's been awesome and it's been a cool ride and yeah, I really can't imagine doing anything else right now. I know, man. Still have a super fun time, even though sometimes, especially this time of the year, it gets rough. But uh-huh. teach them about pregnancy yeah, and with yeah. with a week and a half yeah, of school left. You know, <laughs> so try to tell everybody to keep their hands to themselves, and stop fighting in the hallway, and this and that. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's still an awesome time, dude. It's here's the thing, man. I don't know if you got, you get this reaction, but every time people are like, "What do you do, Chris?" and I'm like, "Oh, I teach middle school." Every time the reaction is like. Oh my God. Yeah. They're like, they're horrified and shocked (laughs) and like, I don't know how you can do that. And I'm like, I kind of like it. What does it say about me? Yeah. That's a cool thing though. They take a little bit of pride in that. Be like, they, they think it's awful, but it's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. But I'm like, Hey, yeah, I guess I do do something that's pretty awesome that not everybody can do, which is kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. Can you tell me about your time in Yosemite? Yeah. So uh, as all the ultra running people wanting to hear about this dude running his 50k are like, what's happening? But yeah. we're, this is all building up to this. Yeah, it was 70s a cool time. Me and my buddy Josh, we were in Boston. He went to Boston College with me, and he actually is kind of funny because he grew up across the street from me, so we've been friends for yeah forever. Uh, like we were in Boston like the summer before my senior year of college. He was a year younger, so he was going to his junior, year, and we just wanted to get out of Dodge and do something cool. And uh, at that point, we hadn't really been west of the Mississippi all that much. So yeah. we're like, let's apply for a bunch of national park jobs. And then it got in a bunch of them. Like, you know, we had jobs at the Grand Canyon and like, Glacier and Yosemite. What? So we're like... So you chose Yosemite. chose Yosemite. Um, and it was awesome. So we went out there. Um, it was a pretty cool experience. We flew out there and then we got to the place. We were living for the first few weeks uh, by the stables with all the cowboys and cowgirls it was awesome like we, we got up there one day and like we just woke up and 
we went outside and there's all the cowboys out there with the horses and then like we went to work we came back and then they were just partying by a fire with like life-size jenga it's the first time i ever saw life-size jenga this is the summer of 96 by the way <laughs> uh, so it was awesome we had the best time life-size jenga in 96 was like a sight to be seen oh yeah totally well, now it's like everywhere now it's everywhere yeah. not as cool yeah but with cowboys in yosemite yep but but it was awesome. Like, you know, I, I flipped burgers. I cooked at a burger stand. And then I... Yeah, what did you do out there? So I started off just, like, working as a cashier at a burger stand in Curry Village Hamburger Stand. I think they changed the name now. Yeah. It's still there, though. I've seen some pictures. My buddy was just there a couple years ago. <laughs> and he sent me a picture. Um, and then I worked my way up to, uh, to chef. <laughs> no I like way. to call myself chef. So, like, I cooked burgers. I cooked breakfast. So we had breakfast as well. Yeah. So it's pretty much just, like, you know, Yosemite McDonald's. But it was pretty awesome. <laughs> and, you know, everybody there is super cool because all it is is, like, at that time it was a bunch of climbers. Yeah. And it was a bunch of college kids that wanted to do something cool for the summer. Um, yeah. So we had the best time, and it was it was awesome. Were you able to, like, go out and explore and do oh, all yeah. that? So, like, on your spare days off, uh, your days off, all you did was, like, go for hikes. You know, like, you take off, and then you'd be like, I'm not working today. And sometimes you coordinated it with people that you were off with, but sometimes it was just your day. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, like, hiked all the hikes when I was there. Do you have you know, any that stand out? Half like, Dome and... Any miscues, any misadventures? Uh, yeah, so there was actually... I don't know if, she, if she's hearing this, too, but I remember when we were living there, as me and my buddy Josh, and then there was this really cute girl that moved in next door. And uh, I was just like, oh, she's pretty cute. So I started talking to her. And uh, I tried to, you know, put the moves on. Try to put the moves on. <laughs> so we actually became pretty good friends. But she was she uh, she wanted to play like you know like the name game and all this kind of stuff. And we played games, and then we would go for hikes and stuff. But like one time, she, I was like, "Hey, you want to go hike up to, to Glacier Point?" Hold on, I thought the misadventure you were bringing up was this girl turning you down. No, she totally. She I totally just, I, I totally just ended up in the friend zone. Uh, which was crazy because I was just like, oh, I tried so hard, but it didn't work out. But I remember one, the, probably one of the coolest things we did was I, uh, um, we went to this hike and we went to this hike called Sentinel Dome, and if you, it's pretty famous because it's where um, there's this Jeffrey Pine that's in famous for lots of Ansel Adams pictures. Yeah, um, it's like that dead tree that's on top of Sentinel mm, Dome. Okay. So I got word that there was a sweet hike that you could take up there because what happened was. Uh, you could be up there, and then one side is the sun setting, and the other side is a full moon rising. That's sweet. So we went up there, and I took her up there, and we were like, eh, you know, we had yeah. a little picnic, and it was kind of fun. So that was, a, you know, the, 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 the relationship never panned out, but the hike <laughs> itself was super cool. Like, seeing that part was, was pretty neat. Um, me and my buddy got to see the, uh, I don't know if you've heard about the moon bow they have there, too. Dude, I swear Yosemite has, like, the coolest names of stuff. Yeah. There's, like, Moonbow, Fire Waterfall or something, right? Isn't that there? Fire Waterfall super rad. I haven't seen that. But the Moonbow is pretty cool. That was, like, the first week we were there. Yeah. So they're like, there's a Moonbow. You guys can go walk to it. So I remember me and my buddy in the middle of the night, like, you know, we had a few drinks. Then we walked from camp all the way to the base of Yosemite Falls where, like, there was a full moon. And then you could kind of... Like, it's so bright that it actually makes a rainbow with the mist, and it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. If Um, no one's – if, like, a person is listening out there who hasn't been, like, on a mountain during a full moon, it is wild. Like, it is so incredibly bright. Yeah. If you're, like, above treeline or whatever, it's so bright. You can – you don't even need a light. 
it's it's pretty crazy because we camped out on mount uh mount massive me uh-huh. and a couple of buddies and we had no plan it started raining at one point and we just looked at each other like we don't have anything we are <laughs> just laying down on the ground yeah and but anyways uh we woke up in the morning and i thought the sun had risen because we were gonna hike up and yeah. i was like well, i want to wake up early before the sunrise and it was so bright it was just it was wild yeah, it's pretty cool yeah 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 for sure. What is a moon bow? I don't understand. So, so it makes a rainbow. It literally, like it's so bright from the from the full moon <laughs> that like the mist coming off the falls as it crashes down makes like a rainbow. What? Yeah, dude. It's not. It's not. It's it's one of those unworldly things. You're like, where am I? Like Middle yeah. Earth? Like what's going on here right now? <laughs> but it's pretty cool. It's definitely worth checking. But I want to see the fire thing. I heard the fire falls thing is pretty rad. This is what I'm saying. Yosemite best stuff it has double rainbow guy maybe yeah. was he in yosemite probably <laughs> he was yosemite I, was he? <laughs> I was kind of bummed because we were supposed to go back uh, like the road trip was planned for the uh, summer of 2020 during covid mm. and we were going to take like a three-week trip to go out there and i had rented cabin 10 cabins in yeah. the village and stuff in the in the valley and i was yeah. psyched for that but. so you know all the like cool spots and stuff in 1996 in 1996 yeah when, we had when some we cool time swimming travel. holes and all that kind of stuff we used to it was cool. We used to, there's like a big tunnel down there too. Um, uh, we used to play ultimate there once a week in the tunnel. What? It was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Like we'd load up in a bunch of pickup trucks, and there'd be like 30 of us, and we would go down to this tunnel because it was lit, and we would just play ultimate in the tunnel. Oh my god! Like every once a week. Yeah. It was. It was like I'm like I'm like playing ultimate in a tunnel, and it was awesome. So I remember at one point you mentioned like in your own Ansel Adams road trip. Yes. That you had. Yeah. Well, where was that to like you just oh. mentioned Ansel Adams explain who Ansel Adams is Ansel I don't even Adams, think I fully know, you know he, famous photographer from back in the day famous for like you know he 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 was he showcased a lot of like national park stuff especially like okay. Yosemite stuff they actually have a museum Ansel Adams Museum in Yosemite okay um, but all black and white just cool photos yeah of stuff um but yeah uh, this is back in the day of still film cameras again you know like the beauty of the of the job teaching is that like when you're done you get to go hang out for the summer. Two weeks cool from stuff. now, man. Yeah, two weeks from now. But before <laughs> I got married and had kids, it was great. Like, I would just get in my truck. I would, the next day, I remember one time, I was just like, I'm going to take an Ansel Adams trip. <laughs> so I got my camera, bought all these rolls of, like, black and black and white film. And I was like, getting, I was on my way to San Diego to go visit some buddies and just kind of spend, like, a month and a half on their couches. So then I, I did, like, my whole southern Utah that's sweet. So, you know, did the whole thing. Stopped at all the parks, like yeah. Zion and, like, you know, Bryce Canyon. Yeah. Um, um, and then, like, Zion and all those places. What Lake was Powell. your favorite? Did I say Zion twice? You said Zion, like, 18 yeah. times? So, it's Zion. So, you went to Zion. Yeah. And the cool thing was, like, nothing to do. So, you just, like, I would just put my tent up and, like, hang out. And, like, I'm going to spend, you know, planning on spending a couple days. But, like, you know, it was super cool. It ended up being, like, a week. So, it ended up being, like, three weeks between leaving boulder and getting to san diego wow and just hung out so like pictures and is it weird like okay so some people might not be as like social right yeah doing something like that are you like were you talking to people meeting people or are you just kind of like a solo I think combination of both. Like, I, like I'm not like a super outgoing. Like, I'm just gonna make conversations. Hey guys, like, hey, what's going on? What you guys got? Big gulps. Huh? I'm on an Ansel Adams strip. Yeah. What about you? Hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to be in a black and white photo? Um, 
So then, no, that was cool. Like I like I'll talk to people. People start talking to me, or if like you know something comes up, and I'll just like make a, a quick conversation. But I'm not like actively going out and be like, hey, let's, here's my thing. Let's go out and do that. But I, I always want to like skip all the like normal surface level conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I started a podcast. Yeah, skip all that. Yeah, I want to instantly dive in deep with yeah. people. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? actually good. You get the excuse to do that. No, I know, and I think like when you're hiking you're able to do that because the surface level part is there. You're doing a hike. You're obviously yeah. into this thing. You can, that's like the entry point. You can be like, Hey, where are you hiking from? And all this stuff. Like, have you done this before? Yeah. And then instantly though, it switches. And now you're talking about some weird stuff or yeah. like learning life oh, totally. lessons. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of running the races, like, yeah. like 50 K's and like, you know, yeah. obviously that's my max so far, but is that you just start talking to people yeah uh and you know you have an instant connection because you're both doing this thing you know and um you know the last one i did i ended up talking to this one woman who had like sons too and we ended up talking about just being a parent and, yeah you know and it was hilarious because we had talked probably for like an hour yeah and then it took us like an hour and hour after, like what's your name again <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm like i know everything else about you but i don't <laughs> even know your name um so that part's cool yeah for sure about that that whole scene. but i think like outdoors there's just that connection piece that's a lot easier to yeah i don't know why and i think that was the cool thing about being in yosemite back then too is you know i at that time i was 21 20 21 years old and i was like talk to anybody but like everybody's there and they're all like i said cool people like then we were there me and, and my buddy ended up quitting our jobs a month early too because we met cool people and, and they wanted to take road trips. So we took road trips with them. We hitched, we didn't have a car, but we hitched rides with all those people and yeah. went all over the place. That's how I discovered Boulder in the first place. Really? Yeah. You just wound up here on accident. So we ended up going to some fish shows. Uh -huh. uh, went to a fish show Wolf Mountain in Utah. And okay. we were going to go to when they were still... I was hoping at some point you'd bring this story which is up. The summer of '96, Red Rocks fish shows, which they kicked everyone out of, town, out of town, and you slept in a cave. Slept, uh, slept just up on a bluff up there. No, it's a cave. I know exactly where you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And it was so cold, and that's where I learned. Like I told you guys, I never wanted to be homeless because it was so cold. Me and my buddy are up there. We just had like t-shirts and shorts on, and. We're like so cool. Did he wrap himself in your long no, hair? No, but we like because you had course, super long hair at the time. I did. But then, you know, over the course of the evening, we just found ourselves getting closer together. Luckily, we were, like, really great friends. So, like, it was okay <laughs> that we were touching at sleeping time because I was like, it's so cold. I'm so cold. I'm so cold, too, I'm so bro. Cold, I'm not telling him you don't tell yeah, Why? <laughs> I just wanted to see fish. Um, yeah. Why did they kick you? Just because you guys were unruly, dude. No, well, what happened was, like, <laughs> I don't think – that was really loud, huh? That was super loud, but – I don't think that the town wasn't prepared for for everybody to kind of come down on on the, on the city like that. It was like a huge traveling fan base. Yeah, it was, and I, and you know that's you know the mid '90s and stuff like that. That's when they started just blowing up, blowing mm. up too. Um, but then like we didn't even have tickets for all those shows, and then like one of my buddies I was with had a friend that played football at CU, so we ended up in Boulder for a few days, and I'm like, man, this town is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when it came to leave Boston, I was like, I want to go somewhere cool, yeah. so it ended up being there. That's crazy, yeah. man. That's crazy. And then Ansel Adams road trip all was like, what did you learn anything from doing that? Like, I don't know. Do you think about these like deep learning experiences or are these all like 
I don't know. I guess when you're doing the experience, are you thinking like, how is this going to shape my life? I don't think I think that big picture right now, um, especially back then, you know, yeah. like when I was in my mid twenties, probably not as much, but like, you know, like hiking and running and doing all those things are always kind of those times where I think I come up with my best ideas, whether it be teaching a lesson or just yeah. kind of like thinking about life, Yeah. you know, and you know, think like, Hey, where do I, what do I want to do next? Where do I want to live? What do I want to do here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think, those big life decisions are always kind of best contemplated in places like that. That makes sense. Give yeah. Perspective. It really does, man. I think that's what I just need to like quiet. I do, that's yeah. my thing. And then you're a dad and I'm a dad and it's busy and we're teachers and there's all this just constant noise, which isn't bad necessarily. Those yeah. are all things I enjoy, but I know for me, like I do need time where I'm like away from it all even if it's just for like an hour or two yeah and it's just quiet yeah so yeah that's where that's what running one of the things it brings me but yeah yeah. so anyways fast forward 50k yeah so we skipped a bunch of years there yeah and we caught you up to the 50k (laughs) which happened like a month the The last 50k okay yeah yeah, so the first one yeah you did great and i wish i could have been there but uh this last one you showed up to the race and the whole time leading up to it, you're like, I don't think I'm doing enough training. So well, the thing about it too, is it's like, it finally gave like, you know, obviously things in life happen and you feel like you need to do some stuff. So I felt like for myself at that time, I was like, you know, I might need a little, little adventure to get like exactly what you're talking about, just to get away. Even if it's for like a day to yeah. go do something that you could just do and you could be in your own head. And then, you know, just kind of separate, not even just like be by yourself, but just separate it from stuff that's happening in your normal life sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I was just like, I needed this. And as I was like, even though it was only like three or four weeks away, I was like, oh, I'll just sign up for it. Um, and I was like, I just did it. And I was just like, I knew I could get through it in terms of like distance. Yeah. Just like whether it be like hiking it, like, you know, I can do like a probably power hike the whole thing, which ended up being a lot of it too. Yeah. You know, I ran for the first half of it and then the whole second half i'm like i might need to power hike and just jog when i can yeah just to get through it but it's kind of cool though because i think for me um like i said coming back like i haven't done anything serious like that since i got hurt so i think for me kind of rekindled like oh yeah i could do stuff again so i'm like let's do it let's get out there and i think you know always now look it out to see what i want to do next which would be cool what do you want to do next? I don't know. I never ask that question. I always try to avoid that question. And I think too, with like the way life is now, it's like, Hey, it, it might just be like, what's to sign up for next. But then, you know, obviously looking for the summer, I might have some pockets of time now during the we're summer. We're paddle boarding. Right. Yeah. Or I could actually go on some extended like yeah. adventures. Ansel Adams round two. Round two maybe <laughs> on my own, which would be cool. Um, yeah. Just go on some adventures. To, to get out there and yeah. then i think too i think there's I, there's been a reignition of that for people too i think the whole you know this is like social media piece where people go on these adventures or like these van life people that just take road trips and stuff i think it's got a lot of people into that again amped about it yeah, yeah. um which is cool yeah you're really into like building out your jeep and I, I think there's something cool about just being on the road and having everything you need. And you just like, you I can, can just, pull over. You just go wherever you want. Like, if I need to fall asleep, I could fall asleep here if I needed to. That's yeah. probably one of the best things about, like, that 50K, too. I didn't have this last time, but I remember I got back, and I was going to go to your guys' Airbnb to take a shower. I was like, it might be a few minutes. Because I got back to my Jeep, and I was just like, oh, 
And I still <laughs> set up, and I was like, I'm just going to lay down for, like, 15 minutes. And I just laid down in my bed, and it was like, it's super comfy. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. And I'm, like, just in, in a parking lot, but I'm just, like, laying down yeah. and just relaxing. Yeah. What did you notice? Because I know that race is – it's difficult for sure, but also there's a lot of people. Like, what did you notice about, like, the community aspect? Yeah, and that it was it was pretty crowded. You know, that's – you know, I think because of the weather and then having to do, you know, the – the multiple races this and adding another race into that so there's like essentially the three races go at the same yeah. time right um the community is awesome like i know act for their you know making the movie and all that kind of stuff getting a taste of like more of like hanging out with people like you know the first one i did i did the race i went out and i did the 50k and it was cool i talked to a few people there and yeah. you know, that kind of thing but never really hung out yeah but i think being a part of you know making the movie a long way from nowhere I, t- I told Phil if you mentioned that, I would, like, Phil gets to, like, kick me or something, <laughs> you know? Because Phil go, and Phil. I just did a podcast, and we're like, this is the last time we're going to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> and he's like, I was just talking to him, actually, before we started, and he was like, Cornejo's going to bring it up, bro. Yep. And yep. I was like, yeah, he definitely yeah. is. But it was cool. Phil's like, like, I'm going to put a shock, a shock. <laughs> Oh, collar on you like a and dog collar? yeah and nice. i'm like a long way <laughs> <laughs> but yeah dude that was like i mean no and i like i think thanks for like me being that was a huge that. experience because it was a really cool experience and just to kind of meet a lot of really cool people and it was kind of cool to reconnect with lots of those people too like during that last 50k too. yeah there cool. are it's that community it's yeah, there it's cool to see all those people and i just you know it's a really cool thing to like even though like you might have spent just a little bit of time with them yeah. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, everybody's super welcoming and they're like, it's like significant time. Yeah. So you're spending time with them, not very long. And yet it feels really significant. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't fully pinpointed like why that happens. Yeah. But when you're out on a trail and you're running together and you're doing a hard thing and it's beautiful Yeah. and oh, there's yeah. no other distractions, Absolutely. it's like, you might only spend a couple hours with someone and yet it'll feel like you spent like a week with that person. Yeah. You know, yeah. at that time. And it's like, I always try to think like, how can I try to apply this to real life? Like real life, quote unquote, yeah. but like, it's just hard. There's so many things distracting, distracting people. Yeah. People are having conversations, but they're like half into the conversation and half yeah. not. And there's something just that takes all of that stuff away when you're out. Yeah on a run or on a hike or an adventure of sorts yeah. so and when you're out there with people i think people do that and they have similar mindsets and then yeah. like it's easy to connect i think more with people that are obviously that are there for doing the same same stuff that you're doing yeah you know, which is yeah. cool did you ever have to dig deep during the race or did you know you're gonna i i passed you at like mile five yeah. And you seem like in a good mood, but I was like, that's great, but that's like mile five. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. going to see. No, I think that's, that, that, I think that's always kind of true too. Cause I think like no matter what race you do, I think there's times where like you, whether it be like a short race, you got to push yourself through it still. Yeah. Like whether it's doing a 5k at some point, you're like, I got to go hard and it's going to be painful. Um, but then, you know, like I knew I could get through it, and it's always hard. There's like definitely, and the thing about it too is, like I was talking to uh, one of the people I was hanging out with for a little while, and she's like, "This might be my last one." And then I'm like, "Yeah, you know, it kind of hurts right now, and like there's different times." But then when you get done, you're like, "Man, I want to, 
I want to do another one. I want to yeah. do something else or do something that was gonna challenge me like that because, you know, I don't think I ever had doubts that I was gonna I was gonna get through no matter what. Um, you know, I think too, but you also have in the back of your head sometimes too. I don't, you know, I I, I had a cushion, but like you know, when I always think about the people that are behind me too, that are like really pushing the time limits. Yeah, and you know, obviously during the race, during. Uh, a long way to nowhere the making of the film from nowhere from, no big deal from, you, from you only helped make it <laughs> yeah a long way from nowhere um, is the time limits are the ones that catch people sometimes yeah, too and I that's think hard. that part is hard to see um, it was interesting man like not to not to like go into it too much but like you gotta see a race from like a perspective's like a different perspective than most people like being out on the course not just at aid stations but you got to actually see the race that we filmed from like a spectator's perspective. Yeah. And so you saw the, everything you saw the winners, you saw the people pushing the time limits. Like you kind of had this like big ultra run, like overarching ultra running experience where you got to see all of these different yeah. parts, which was interesting. Cause you know, some people might not realize like pushing the time limits is stressful it is, and yeah. really trying to, be conscious of that can actually mess people up and cause people like make mistakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. but and see what it does. Like when they don't make it. Yeah. Like, oh. And they're at an aid station. Like, sorry, you can't keep going. Yeah. And you're like, I could keep going though. Yeah. That's you, the thing. You don't want to be that guy that has to tell them like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta stop. Yeah. But, and it's hard because the people, a lot of times, like in those moments, like feel good still. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. I feel good though. Yeah. I could, it's not like I'm broken. Yeah. And I get why they do it, obviously. Yeah, but, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But so you weren't worried about that at all, or you were? Or? Uh, you know, I think at parts I, I started to, um, you know, because I'm just like, hey, am I gonna make it here? Like, you know, yeah. just, but, um, yeah. But I knew I was gonna kind of push on through to get there. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, did you find the space like you were looking for through that? Like was it the experience you were kind of like seeking, or are you still? Yeah, seeking I was. It? I think I think I was hoping to get into it. And ha- like I think having that time on the trail, like was I was hoping to have some more, you know, clarity on some things that might be going on. And you know, I got some, but like, wait a second, you're yeah. saying ultraing didn't solve all of no. your problems? I think that's that's this part of Dang life. It. Like you get parts and pieces, but <laughs> you know, and I think that's part of it too. Is just like I think that's part of the revelation too. Like you just can't expect everything that gets solved like you that. can't like, like that would be silly yeah. that would be really silly yeah. and incredibly like unreachable expectations yeah. if you were like this is actually this whatever this is yeah. it could be anything yeah money ultra running uh a trip whatever yeah being like this is gonna solve all of my problems i'm going into every experience yeah. like that from now on yeah you know, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to pour like a protein shake. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to solve like Chile. It's going to solve problems. all your problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't even talked about that yet, but yeah, it will. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah I mean, like eating chili, solves all your eating problems. chili or yeah. traveling there or traveling. there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, no, that's, that's interesting. Plus you got to see Phil that weekend. Yeah. It's cool to hang out with Just, Phil. We got to watch him in his, all his full glory yep, with yep. a crop top. Yeah, I remember like Mesh. spotting him from from far away multiple <laughs> times. I'm like, there he is, there he is. <laughs> I was looking because like it's kind of cool. Like the whole course um, of the Desert Rats Trail Running Festival yeah. course, it's 
it zigzags back and forth to the point where like at the end you're up on those hills yeah, yeah. and you can look down you can see everywhere you ran yeah so as you're slowly going up you like you're going up different levels there's like three different levels of height yeah and as you're going up you can look down and see all the other people running still yeah. and phil was wearing a like bright chartreuse or whatever it's like like bright. is chartreuse is that a color that's a color. Yeah, I don't know if it's bright yellow. The four is like four. Was it? It was like that green, that weird yeah, green, greenish. So like, you could see the dude from like eighty miles away. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Like I kept looking. Yep. And then we were looking. We were waiting. So me and the kids, and Tim, uh, Tim's kid, we hiked up this hill after I was done. Yeah. And we're looking for you and looking for Phil, and every single person had that not every single person but way more than you think had that same as that color oh really and then we're like can you see his belly button and we're like <laughs> no it's a regular shirt we're like not phil can't see his belly button i guess it's a good running shirt because it's bright and it's visible yeah, yeah. totally yeah. totally man but yeah man well uh yeah so let's get you signed up for another one yeah i, I i'm looking out okay i'll do something okay Camping this summer. Camping for sure. And we're going to paddleboard. Paddleboard. And just hang out and not teach for a while. Yeah. What do you think? Because, like, I know there's, like, people out there that get, like, mad that teachers get summers off. This is your platform. I'm giving you, like, a soapbox <laughs> right now. What would you say? I'm not much of a preacher kind of to preach that stuff. But, like, hey, you know, like, I think every job has its ups and downs. You know, and, you know, obviously I'm not going to lie. It's We're out there just paddle boarding all summer. It's like. definitely like, <laughs> like we talked about loving the job, but it's also like, I'm not going to lie. It's a great perk that you have vacations off. Yeah. You know, like you never like you're around for like your kids stuff a lot. You, you have the, be you have vacations. Holidays. Yeah. Uh, you have, you know, you don't have to take time off for holidays. Yeah. Uh, and obviously summer vacation is great. Um, so, but like, you know, like right now, like, you know, work does get hard, especially, you know, like when kids get spring fever, like, you feel yeah. like it gets pretty tough, but yeah, you know, um, it's not I wouldn't that trade bad. it. It's not no, that dude, bad, it's though. the best, dude. I get to go, I get to hang out with you. I get yeah. to hang out with our awesome coworkers. Totally. I get to teach some kids some stuff. Yeah. It's all good. But like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's great having the time off, but like, you know, I feel like we earn it. Yeah. Dude, I was about to wrap up and I was I forgot about 80s sports movies. 80s sports movies. Okay. Yeah. All right, I need to hear about it cuz we did <laughs> we a whole 80s sports movies. I know. Well, we need suggestions. So, um we did a whole episode where my friend Travis yes. and my friend Brandon and yeah, I yeah. talked about like the best sports movies yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And then I was like I need to do a special category for cornejo which is like best 80s sports movies i remember that he, i haven't seen because you mention them all the time and yeah. i'm like i haven't seen any i remember of it movies. came up because one of the wasn't one of your categories like best kevin costner sports movie? yeah best kevin costner sports movie. and then i was just like american flyers and you're like what what is that i've never heard of it and it is by far probably the best kevin costner movie out there <laughs> maybe next to dances with the wolves i'll give it dances with the wolves a little bit but american flyers is awesome and it's it's local it's golden Colorado. It's golden. It's like so it tells people what what that is. So you used to work in a movie store also. Movie store. We should have established I that. I, I, was, I was one of those 90s movie store workers, which was an awesome job. I miss movie stores, and I miss record stores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm kind of nostalgic like that too, so I kind of miss that stuff. I am too. Yeah. But American Flyers, what's American the premise? Flyers. Um, it's a story of brotherly love and uh, <laughs> you know two brothers on Five a cycling stars. team, and you know obviously they have some issues they got to work through, but then they decide that they're gonna try to bond and do this race called the Hell of the West. Okay. Which is a three-stage road ra- uh, road biking race. This sounds like a great um, movie. And it's an amazing, amazing story. I don't want to give away too much. Are they against each other in it? Are they competing, or no, are they, they on are the same on a team? team? Oh, okay. They are competing against Who's his brother? the Seven Eleven team. It's an actor I have never really seen anywhere else before, actually. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so his 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 girlfriend in it is uh, Ray Dong Chong from Okay Commando fame. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, it's a great movie though. It's inspiring. It has beautiful scenery, and you know, if obviously if you're a Colorado yeah. person, like. It's kind of cool. To see so the one of the stages stuff. is in Golden. Yep. Where are the other stages? Do you remember? I'm they also impressed that you Bismarck know this. Is, is like the first stage. Wait, which one? The over by uh, in Superior. The Dirty Biz. Yeah, but the road, the road part. Oh. Is like a road. There's a road route. No uh, way, and then, dude. So that's the. You first just sold stage. me on it. And then uh, the. F- oh, so they're all like by this area. Yeah, and then they do some mountain stages, and then the, the last stage, where's the one where. You know, obviously, Spoiler either alert. you win or you don't win. Yeah, and we'll this, have to find out. Gut check time. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> but that one it's cool because they start downtown Golden, so you know you can see the Big welcome sign. to Golden sign, and they start in that, and it's pretty awesome. No way. All right, yeah. I'm in on that. But okay, it, so I'm going with three movie recommendations of sports movies from the 80s. Okay. That's number that's the, in no particular order. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah, and I know I've been pushing North Shore with you guys too. Uh huh. Is that 80s? That's an 80s flick. Um, <laughs> I'm writing all these really, down. About a kid from Arizona, okay, who goes to the North Shore in Hawaii. In Hawaii, because he wants to ride the big waves. Win, he's from Arizona. Bonsai pipeline competition. Oh. So, but being from Arizona, does he have any skills? They start. They start off the movie, and he is winning the Arizona State Surfing Championship in a wave pool. Uh, in a wave. In pool? a wave pool. Wow. So you know, can um, you do that? I guess. You oh, I've surf. done one of those. I've done one of those flow rider things. You've yeah, those things? I've seen those. Those yeah. make sense. But you can like surf a wave pool. Yeah, I guess if you make the wave big enough, you can. Okay. You give it some time to break. Okay. They did. It worked. <laughs> What's his name in that? Uh, so this guy's like, hey, I did this wave pool in Arizona. Now I'm gonna go do the pipeline. He was in- the Arizona State Surfing Champion. Oh yeah, Let's sorry, that's great. Sorry, my fault, my fault, uh, yeah. my fault. Rick Keen, that's his. Does name. he show up to Hawaii and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm Arizona State, totally, State Champion." Totally. Like, Rick Kane. He gets ripped apart. By and the then locals. they like, just destroy him. Yeah, and then he ends up obviously. Uh, yeah, obviously. Seeing this like dream girl and falls in love with her, and then there's a little, some drama. He catches a barrel. Yeah, he, he does. Nice. Yep. That's. I'm cool. not give away the story, but... dude. I'm gonna be honest, like, cause I've been watching Hundred Foot Wave. Yeah. Nonstop. I keep talking to you about it every day at I school. Know, I know. Is the best show on TV right now. Yeah. Hands down. And when I know nothing about surfing, yeah. I'm like mildly terrified of the ocean. But when they catch the waves, there's something in my brain that like <laughs> relaxes. Like when you see somebody catching yeah. a wave or getting like a sweet barrel, like your brain just relaxes and it's, it just looks like. I don't, you know how they always talk about like flow in athletes, yeah. like flow state. It looks like it's that like visualized basically, awesome. and it's so cool. And then when they wipe out and crash, you're like, that looks 
horrific. Well, dude. that's the kind of thing that's crazy when you watch those things, man. It's like, man, how can people be this good at something? Yeah. And, like, that fearless, I think, too. I think that that's the part that's crazy. Because the ocean's literally the biggest, like, uncontrollable thing you yeah, could ever like, do. Yeah, you crash there, you're like, the odds are you can get pretty wrecked. Yeah. Like, if you didn't have people, like, you can't do that by yourself. No. Yeah. And these guys in 100-foot wave are, like, on jet skis. Yeah. They're, like, towing behind a jet ski. Yeah. And then they catch these giant waves, and they either make it, and all these people on this cliff, like, <laughs> go crazy and cheer, or they wipe out, and then in the midst of, like, what looks like hell in the ocean of just giant waves hitting crazy. everyone, they're, like, in the middle of that getting washed around, and then a jet ski has to, like, somehow traverse the giant <laughs> waves and pick them up and it is like the most like dramatic thing i've ever seen in like a documentary i was like this is awesome. just crazy right, I'm, I'm, I'm saving it for the summer and all the characters like the people they feature are just fantastic that's awesome people like you're bought in 100 but like it's just it's just crazy but anyways okay two movies one more well, this one's gonna wrap it up, so it better be good. The sports movies? Oh man, this one's kind of rough, actually. I'm Uh-oh. trying to think of a you third should. one. I, I wasn't prepared. What for the about list. the wrestling one? What's the wrestling one? <laughs> oh, Vision Quest. Vision, Vision Quest. Quest is a solid. All movie. right, that's a. Is that a um, uh, whatever they call it the, the fourth like it's not on the list, but it almost made the list. What's that called, dude? We just taught all day. My brain's dead. B side. No, not beside. <laughs> no, the like honorary mention. Oh, honorary mentions. Vision that's Quest is that on there? That's right. an honorary mention. There's a great another cycling movie called Breaking Away. That's awesome. Ever see that? Yeah. Nope. I haven't seen any Dennis of these. Quaid that's what I'm that saying. One. Um, Breaking Away. It's pretty solid. I'm writing down flick. this list of honorary mentions. Yeah. I know what your for, you what your number one is. Oh, I think. What like Rocky movies? No, your number one. F- 80s movie it can't be a rocky movie because we've all seen that these yeah. are like the uncut gems hidden gems of movies you, you know, know what it is yeah it's rad oh rad. <laughs> how can i forget rad <laughs> rad rad is definitely my number one see like, i know you flick. yeah 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 rad what is that i've never heard of it until you brought it up oh it's awesome it's it's rad no i understand it's, rad. it's, it's rad. rad it's uh it's in crew jones name. okay bmx local boy they open up this great big this it seems like a theme in these like um, '80s cycling movies, or I guess they want to name everything after hell. Okay. Because there's the hell of the West and American Flyers, yeah. and they open up this like BMX track in his hometown called Hell Track. Whoa! And uh, <laughs> so he's like the local guy that gets into the race with all the big BMX stars. Oh. And it's about like his mom wants him to go take the SAT so he can get into college. By the way, is his mom the is same. played by Talia Shire. Oh, nice of Rocky uh, fame. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, is it the same time? Is the SAT the same time as the big competition? It's the same day as the I big knew competition. It. I knew it was going to. And then he's just like, Mom, I could take it next month. And she's just like, well, whatever. But it's an awesome movie where they, you know, he, you know I don't want to give it away, but <laughs> you see what happens. I like the buildups of all these, though. I'm yeah. going to, like, put this list online. And it's, it's just also be uh, Cornejo's 80s sports movies. It's also a great a movie because it's like, you know, in the 80s, there was, like, the U.S. gymnastics men's team. And Bart Connor was one of those gymnasts. You know yeah. Mark Connors? No. And he ends up making his like uh, motion picture debut as the bad guy biker. So wait, they're like, who do we need to play this bad guy yeah. biker? They're like, you know what? We should actually get an athlete. Yep. Someone who's gonna look like they know what they're doing. 
We're going to get this gymnast. We're going to get this gymnast, Bart Connor. <laughs> that, that's a, why didn't they just get a BMX yeah. guy? And then his also his girlfriend, his love interest in that is um, college scandal, uh, Lori Laughlin. Laughlin. Oh, oh no, uh, really? She's his love interest in it. Yeah. And there's probably the best dance scene you'll ever see with bikes <laughs> at a dance. <laughs> Which, ironically, now that I think about it, part of the dance is them riding their bikes during a, like a dance. So there's a and school they, dance. They jump their bikes onto a balance beam, <laughs> hence the gymnastics connection now with Bart Connor. Oh, uh, Bart Connor's like, I'm in my a, element. Even though it's a women's event, I guess. But like, it is probably if I was to pick an '80s dance scene from a movie, you could get rid of Dirty Dancing. I would go with the rad dance scene. Their bike. They so play that song, "Send Me an Angel" during it, and it's awesome. So are they you like? Look it up right when we leave. I'm one. I'm definitely doing that. Are yeah. so are they like? Is the dance like choreographed with bikes? They're they're doing freestyle tricks on their bikes as they're dancing, <laughs> and falling in love at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome! I'm gonna check that out immediately. All right, man. Yeah. Any, anything else you want to add? No, man. Thanks for having me on. It's watch Rad. Times watch Rad, everybody. It's <laughs> worth watching for sure. It'll change your life. All right, man. We'll have to have you back on sometime. I promise I won't like peer pressure you and force you into running a 50k before you're on again you know what i mean yeah. it's not like every time cornejo runs a 50k no i'm in man all right so i'm in for whatever you got to do another one soon yeah yeah all right we'll have cornejo back i gotta ride the wave you'll ride the wave there we go the wave. perfect all right that wraps up this week's episode of the like a bigfoot podcast and it was absolutely wonderful having uh, Chris on the show and I will say it's fitting because I'm recording this outro the night before the very last day of school which is a huge day not only for the students but maybe even more so for the teachers <laughs> um, and I have to say I've worked with him for six years now and truly just appreciate and respect that guy more and more each and every day. Um, I'm so grateful that I started working with him. It's so cool that, you know, you can just get a job and uh, meet all these wonderful people. We have amazing coworkers, uh, but also get one of your best friends out of it. So um, thanks for to Chris for coming on the show. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm really excited for summer to start. I have a whole bunch of adventures planned. Uh, got a handful of podcasts lined up over the next few weeks. Um, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just excited and grateful and, and all of that. So thank you all for tuning in and we will get back at you next week.